All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Drunken Atheist Podcast. I'm Jack, and who... And uh, I'm Ethan. Okay, he's Ethan. Guess what? There's no Brock today. Oh my god. Isn't this so exciting? That's crazy. Not only did Ethan break his contract and show up for two consecutive episodes, but Brock, who has had a, what, 19 episode... 100%. Or 18. 18 episode streak. Yeah, 100%. Attendance what, rate. Attendance rate. He's, he's not here today. It's crazy. Unheard of. You got any comments? Yeah, so we're actually kicking him off, unfortunately. After, yeah, he's fired. Yeah. After it was revealed to us that he... I don't know if I should share this with the with the class, but he did the stanky leg too hard, and oh. he's actually been fired for that. You can't, you can't if you do the stanky leg. I mean, you, you can't you can't go overboard. Otherwise, you know, people are gonna like people call are gonna your names. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna form an uprising. That's how governments collapse. Somebody does the stanky leg too hard. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so how's your week been? Um, it's been all right. I've just I've been kind of feeling like weird. Like I th- I thought maybe I was sick, but I took I took a COVID test. I wasn't I didn't I was negative. So and I don't really I don't I don't really have that many symptoms. I just kind of feel blah. I think I might just be like getting kind of sick of school at this point. I just want to kind of get to summer break. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, about, summer is right around the corner. So. What about you? Anything cool? Uh, nothing too eventful. Pretty pretty mellow week. Hung out with friends a lot this weekend, though. It's pretty nice outside, at least yeah. in Massachusetts. So Yeah, it's pretty I'm nice weather. I'm excited for good weather, too, to stick around more often. It was a little rainy this week, so. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, I got a couple tidbits, I figured, that, you know, maybe stuff that... Because you've only been on for maybe, like, what, three episodes or so? I think it's been four. Four? Yeah. Okay. Well, I figured there's a lot of stuff that maybe I ran through with Brock that I could do a second run through with you and get, you know, the the Ethan take, you know? Because maybe, oh, brother. in my opinion, Brock's tastes, uh, we, we usually don't align very often, so... Brock butts heads with everyone he can find. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I have the best takes either, but, you know, we'll see. Oh, no, you certainly don't. Well, actually, I am saying that. I do have the best takes. What am I talking about? Um, but, all right. Well, so I, on podcast number sixteen, I'm br- I'm opening my notebook. By the way, I like to make a point about this because I know you hate it whenever I reference my book of notes that I bring on because I, I keep notes for the podcast, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I on podcast number sixteen, uh, the page for that uh, episode, I have a lot of things I didn't cover, and some of them I might have covered, forgot to cross out, but it doesn't matter since you know you're a different person. You're not Brock, and I don't think you're around for episode number 16 so we can hit some of these maybe all right sound good let's do it all right let's do it um all right this is the one i think i might have brought up in some episode but you know i think i think i want your opinion on it uh say say you went to mcdonald's right and you're hungry uh particularly more hungry than maybe you've ever been before and you want to order a certain number of mcnuggets to eat how many McNuggets is too many to order? Now, let me get this straight. Too many to order in that I won't eat them all? Or socially no, unacceptable to order? that they will refuse to give you. <laughs> I don't remember this being on an episode. But this is a good question. Actually, no, it's not. But whatever. <laughs> I'm going to look up. Hold on. Let me look up the McDonald's menu. Okay. I think because they, I wanna they know, have... I want to know what quantities they will sell nuggets in. I know there's like a, like a 4, a 6, a 10. There might be a 20 and maybe even a 50. I don't know if they have higher than that. Hold on, but McDonald's menu. Prove me wrong. Nuggets. Let's see the McDonald's menu. Let's see. Why is it only showing me burgers? Burgers, 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 combos, Happy Meal... <laughs> None of these are nuggets. We're not sponsored, by the way. No, we are very much not. Not yet. Next week, maybe. After they, they see how well this episode does. McDonald's. Actually, it's going to be okay, Ronald why? himself. I, I can't find anything on the menu of, like, nugget packs. You're lying. I know you can get, like, 20. I think 20 is the max. 20? Well, yeah, why don't you... I'm just going to Google how many... 
Wait, hold on. McDonald's sells a well, no way. McDonald's sells a fifty-piece box of chicken for yeah. $9. Okay, I told nine dollars and ninety-nine cents. Yeah, so the fifty I think is the highest. Um, so yeah, with that in mind, how many do you think you could order? I think. Well, let's see. If you have a family of four and you have order four fifty-piecers, that's two hundred nuggets, and that's not two out of the norm. I feel like what do you, you mean? Order, what? I mean, yes, that's out of the norm. Like that's a lot, but like I don't think it's out of the norm to order something for four people. Is what I'm okay. saying. Fair. Well, what if you though, had like eight? Though people? I've never met anyone, I've never met anyone who ordered a fifty-piece McNugget. And you definitely box. haven't met a family who each each person orders fifty. Yeah, nuggets. no, no, absolutely not. But. But I'm I'm saying it's not out of the ordinary. America is the land of excess. True. So, I don't think I would ever order a fifty-piece McNugget box personally. I'm not. Yeah, that's that's where I'll end that sentence. <laughs> but I think realistically, I. Hmm. It might take a little while because they would have. Hmm. I'm just thinking about. Obviously, they don't fry them immediately when you order them. They're already made, and they just yeah, put them in a box for you. But I feel like if you attempted to order 500 chicken nuggets, they would say, like, they. I feel like they might have maybe 100, 150 nuggets on hand at a time before they cook a new batch. That's my guess. So I think if you attempted to order more than 150 they would allow you to, but they'd say, like, wait a minute, we have to cook some more. But I think more than 500 chicken nuggets, they would say that's too many. Hmm. What do you think? Like, I feel like 500 is a humongous number, but yeah. I feel like they would – this is McDonald's we're talking about. So I feel like they'd accommodate it. I also think size. it might depend on the McDonald's because of, like – like, that's there's a McDonald's fair. near me. That is like it's a franchise. It's not that big. It's like it's. Too. I mean, it's sure it gets business, but like there are McDonald's that have like you know way more activity and way they're way bigger establishments and they they have way more food. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like I, I'm sure if you went to McDonald's in like New York City, you could probably get away with way more McNuggets than you could in like the middle of Kansas. Oh, true, because they just have such a humongous volume of like customers. They need infinite numbers of chicken nuggets on yeah. hand. I don't know. I'm assuming they probably have a policy that limits the number you can order per customer unless you like, you know, I don't know if they like cater, but like obviously it's a different scenario. We're just talking about going through the drive through like as a person, you know. Um, I don't know. I would like to think you could order upwards of like at least like 200. I'd say maybe 250 would be the max. But even then, like, I don't know. I, I think it's gonna vary just depending on how many they have available and like how like I don't, how many maybe how busy they are. But yeah, it's a good question. But what's interesting is that I just googled that to see if I could find an answer. I didn't find an answer to that um, particular question. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's an interesting like mathematical question related to it, where um, somebody asked, "What is the largest number of McNuggets that is impossible to purchase exactly?" Uh, based on like the quantities that you can you can buy. So, oh yeah, what are the quantities? Five, ten. I think 20? it's four, six, ten, twenty, and fifty. Um, I see. Yeah. And the the answer that was given is forty three McNuggets. Um, I'm too lazy to do the math, but I believe it. Um, because I'm a fool and I believe anything that I read on the internet. Math checks out. It's not divisible by any of those numbers, obviously evenly, but. If you oh, add yeah. up the rest, then yeah, I feel like, hmm, I'm not about to sit here and write an equation for this. Yeah, I don't think anybody listening but wants really us to do that. math. Um, we do enough of that at school and there stuff. Was one, there was one time, um, it was Super Bowl Sunday, not this year, but last year. Um, and so me and my friend were like, yeah, let's go grab some wings from this like wing place in Boston. We weren't going to order like a ton of wings. It was just wings for him and I. And we were going to take them back to the place where we were watching the Super Bowl. But we get in there and we're like, what is taking so long? Like, why? We were standing here for like 10 minutes. Like, obviously, yeah, there's a big rush on Super Bowl Sunday. Everyone wants wings. Makes sense. So it's going to take a while. We expected that. But it was taking a long time. And then we see a guy walk in. 
like it's like two guys and they're like all right we're here to pick up an order for like i don't remember insert name here they ordered 400 wings oh my god and so they had giant like containers like metal trays that they were taking to their car for evidently a super bowl party but like still insane wow that is actually crazy that that makes me want to up my number. Is it so that was was that a chain place or just a local place? No, this is like they only make wings. Like it's the only thing they do, and they're constantly churning out wings. And it's oh, in the okay. city, so it's extremely popular. Okay, so that doesn't seem like that outrageous, I guess. I mean, it's, it's, still it's a pretty outrageous, but like, yeah, for a Super that Bowl party, took, I guess it, that definitely took like hours to cook. Probably. That's that's basically like getting catered. It's like. Yeah, 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 absolutely. This wasn't something they just called up and said, hey, can I get 400 wings? This was definitely premeditated. It was probably like a day or two in advance. They were like, hey, can we cater? Yeah. It's, Yo, speaking yeah. of big cities, though, um, you remember the, the, the New York City pizza rat? No. What? Are you serious? The one who's like carrying it up the stairs? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Do, yeah, the pizza that. rat. How do you think he's doing right now? I think he's definitely dead. Rats don't live for very long. What about his family then? They've reproduced pretty <laughs> I think his family is doing well, and I hope they are continuing to steal pizza from the denizens of New York. Yeah. I, I, I want to meet his family one day. Just say I'm hi. I'm to look up what is a rat's lifespan. Uh, two years. Or, whoa. Yeah, two years for brown rats and 12 months for black rats, and that was a black rat. In that video, so he's so dead. he's a he's literally like one year of life, and then he's dead. How sad! Well, but what he enjoyed I, eating the pizza. Yeah, I think he I think he did. That's a good life. Eat pizza, die, wake up, you know, reincarnate as something else, eat pizza again, die. I think that's like that's the objective goal of every living creature. Mm-hmm. Like, name one animal. That would not eat pizza if you, like, threw it on the ground. I don't think you can. Mm, probably a snake or something herbivorous. Uh, well, I don't know. I feel like some herbivores might... I mean, technically, there's no meat. Like, oh, actually, no, yeah, there isn't really. I mean, I guess it's like Yo, cheese. The scientific name of a rat is Radis Radis. I think that's funny. <laughs> That's, I, I love reading, like, the scientific names for creatures and then, like, thinking of them as, like, Harry Potter spells, you know? Yo, that's They really kind of cool. sound Rattus, the same. Rattus. Just turns into a rat. Yeah. <laughs> the rat spell. Oh, Wasn't man. there a guy in the Harry Potter movies who was disguised as a rat? I think I think like, you're right. I vaguely remember I was never something. a big Harry Potter fan, but I think Ron had, like, a pet rat. Oh, and yeah. And just, like, some guy. And he never knew. And it was just, like, some guy, like... Oh! Yeah, right. One house. of the movies, like, it turns out, like, this rat was actually this, like, the guy they were looking for or whatever. And, like, he was, yeah, like, a, he was yeah, a prisoner yeah, yeah. who escaped. And he was just hiding in his rat form for, like, years. That's right. Can you imagine, though? Ron probably, like, just, like, has the rat in his cage or whatever. Ron probably, like, changes clothes or, like, studies or, like, goes to sleep in front of this rat. This adult man is just watching this child live his life that's gotta be against someone. yeah that guy i'm pretty sure was in like wizard alcatraz like he was like a fucking wanted criminal <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's kind of terrifying right, that's like having a serial killer be your like hamster <laughs> watching yeah. you oh my god okay why do hamsters always all die in like the the most gruesome random insane way like, True. I've never heard of a hamster die of, like, old age. They always just, like, fall out of the cage and get eaten by the cat or, like, sucked up by the vacuum or, like, they fell yeah. down the, the vent in your house and died. Yep, into the trash compactor, into the blender, yeah. into the yeah. fireplace. I've never, I've never had nor wanted a hamster, but I feel like none of them have ever lived a good life. Yeah, my, my friend had one, and it was funny because, like, you know, I went over his house, like, probably, you know, every week, week or so. Um, and mm -hmm. one, one week I went over, um, and he was like tapping on the glass and he's like, Oh no, <laughs> it might be dead. And then we, he, he like picked it up and like put it on the floor. It didn't move. And then like two seconds later, it just fucking bolted out of the room. We had to like chase it down. It was crazy. <laughs> Hamsters are funny little guys. You know what I've always wanted? A chinchilla. 
Chinchillas seem sick. Yeah, I I think they're legal. I I'm not sure. Maybe they're not. But uh, I don't know. I, it probably depends. I feel like on the, they're like a pretty lots of different. Don't they live state. in like the jungle? Like I feel like they probably wouldn't want to live in a house. No, they're not. I think they're native to like like the Argentinian like plains or something. I I could be speaking out of my ass. I should Where probably do look this up. Chinchillas live. Alright, I'll look up. Can you the own rocky them? slopes of the Andes mountains? Yeah, I would not expect chinchillas to be mountainous animals. Yeah, they're like they're, they're like jungle rats. Oh, there's also this other animal I saw in a documentary that is so adorable and lives in like the same kind of area. I forget the name. It's like a tiny like, it's like a it's a rodent and it looks like a mouse. It's called like a, it's like four letters. I think it's like a p. A, a, I almost want to say Pepe, but that's not it. It's like it's so it's so cute though. Um, can you own a chinchilla? As long as the chinchilla is obtained legally and not captured from the wild, owning one in most states is legal without needing a permit or registration. So that's pretty cool. Dang. How to get a chinchilla on campus. True. It's my stress chinchilla. Um, He's just squeezing like a stress ball and he pops. <laughs> his eyeballs pop out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want you know, to be a cool pet. Not a chinchilla, but a penguin. I would want a penguin as a pet. Oh, yeah, that's a, well, like how would you live a terrible life? So I don't actually think that would be viable because like, I, I can't like take in swimming or anything. Well, what if you like, went like, I don't know. I mean, if I'm assuming like you'd have to live like in Canada, like up or somewhere like cold, yeah, somewhere cold. And like, sure, you could go sure. swimming with it if you like you took maybe you have like one of those nets, you know, so like you have like your backyard is like a lake and you just like net off a certain area or something or like make a pool. Yeah, but penguins can go on land. <laughs> What? Did you just penguins go on land? He would I know. Just get up and walk around. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have a fence, and then when it hits the lake, you have like a net that goes like a water. Fence. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, they, that's how they do it at the zoo. I think. I mean, they don't have lakes usually. They just have pools. But yeah, like a water. Wait, do they have penguins feature. at the zoo, or do they usually go in aquariums? Yes, they do. Is it both? They have penguins at the zoo. Like I worked at a summer camp, and like we took a trip to the zoo, and they had penguins. Well, well, like, what about the aquarium? Do they have them, too? I feel uh, like they've no, seen them there. I don't think so. They might, but, like, penguins aren't inherently, like, an like a aquatic animal. I mean, they are. They're pretty like, aquatic. I feel like I, they are, but I feel like what I'm saying is, like, aquariums are for only, like, fish, pretty much. Well, I feel like you need more water than land for penguins, though. Because they, like, swim. Haven't you seen, find, uh, what's it called, Happy Feet? I almost said Finding Nemo, but it's not. No, you're right. Yeah, they 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 need more. They spend most of their day. In the I water, could have sworn still, like I this... feel like I feel like aquariums are only for things that breathe water. Yeah. Have you been to the uh, like the Boston Aquarium? I have not actually. Because I've been there I a couple times. Pretty, that's pretty much the only one I've right. been to, and I'm pretty sure like there's a there's an enclosure in there that's for penguins, but I could be wrong. Oh, um, have to check that out. Speaking of penguins. Uh, what do you think the weather in Penguin, Tasmania, Australia is right now? Let's find out. Wait, it I'm, is sorry, I'm sorry, Pe did you just say Penguin, Tasmania? Penguin, Tasmania, Australia. Oh, wait, so Penguin is the name of the town in Tasmania, in Australia. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it is currently 4.32 a.m. on April 11th in Penguin, Tasmania, and it is currently 52 degrees Fahrenheit. The high is going to be 62, and the low is going to be 47. It's partly cloudy with not much wind, only gusts of two miles an hour. And it's going to be relatively cool. Um, yeah, there's almost no chance of precipitation, and it's going to be about this temperature for the rest of the week. The air quality is good. The UV index is moderate because, I don't know, they're pretty far south. I feel like it's pretty sunny down there. No pollen. Very dry for the next six hours. No precipitation whatsoever. And last but not least, would you like to guess the phase of the moon? Oh, I thought you'd never ask. Um, I'm going to go with a waning gibbous. Ooh, so close. It's oh. a waxing gibbous. Oh, so come the on. opposite side of the spectrum. All right. Well, I appreciate that. I've got a question for you, though. Because yes. before we started this podcast episode, you told me that you had a place in mind to do the weather 
And I'm wondering yep. if you specifically segued in penguins to the pet conversation just so you could say that. Oh, absolutely, I did. Oh, you, you slimy motherfucker. <laughs> you slide oh, on. I, I plan everything. <laughs> oh, Every well. action you have ever taken, I've planned. Yeah, I'm actually reading off of a script right now, by the way. This entire show is entirely scripted. We say yeah, nothing of their own free will. Um, anyway. We are bound. Flips page. Uh, Ethan, have you heard of Jack. Coca-Cola Starlight? Coca-Cola Starlight? Yeah. I have not. Really? Okay. So they announced it a couple months ago. I was I was in like a Chili's, I think, with my dad eating... And I just saw it on the TV and I was losing my mind because it was just the weirdest thing I'd ever seen. I feel like Coca-Cola generally doesn't release many new flavors compared to like Mountain Dew or like, I don't know, um, Red Bull. But when they, they released, they were advertising it. You know, they have like they have like four different versions. There's a bottle and a can and both of those have a zero sugar uh, variant. And... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's described as being space-flavored. Does space have a flavor? That's what I was wondering. What does space taste like? I don't know. And I also have never heard of this Starlight. I'm I, looking it up. The color I, is cool. It's like iridescently red. It looks like really cool, cool yeah. looks even more artificial than the normal one, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Hot take. I'm not a fan of Coke. Like, I'll drink Coke. I just don't, I don't, I've never gone out of my way to grab a can of Coca-Cola. If someone's like, hey, want a Coke? I'll say, sure. But I've never like actively been seeking out Coca-Cola. But I am curious as to what this is tastes like. So I'm curious to try it. When does this drop? When do they drop it, this? It, it's already dropped. I actually, they have a, uh, they like, they filled up the, um, the Coca-Cola, like, um, what's it called? Machine. Like machine in my, uh campus cafeteria and they actually had it there um i don't drink soda though i don't really like any soda i have like a sprite every like maybe once a year but that's about it so i'm not really the person to yeah talk about sprite sprite is my favorite one of my friends at school loves sprite like so much love sprite and he has a tower in his room built of the empty sprite cans he's used like he washes them out so they don't aren't sticky or spill or anything but I'm not kidding, it's like probably three feet tall tower. And it's like wide of just Sprite cans. Wow. That's you know, actually you remember incredible. The hat, remember the hat in Spongebob where it had like the two cans up top and like yeah. straws that looped down to his mouth? We got him one for his birthday just so that he could like put Sprites up there and just drink Sprites on his hat. That's crazy. It's sick. <laughs> um, but he has a crippling addiction. <laughs> <laughs> um. I've got a question for him, or maybe I mean you can answer too, but you might know from him. Um, mm-hmm. How does he feel about McDonald's Sprite? Because people say it hits different. Does he agree with that? Or? I don't think he's ever had it, but really, huh? Yeah, I thought he's the biggest he's Sprite fan. He's not from America, but uh, yeah, I don't think he's ever had McDonald's Sprite. But that stuff is just a grenade. <laughs> what? It's a grenade. Like what? I think if you like threw a can of Mc, like a, they don't a give it to you in a cup. can. Yeah, I know a cup of McDonald's Sprite. It would like explode. I think <laughs> it would be like nitroglycerin. Why? Why? I've never heard anybody describe a drink as being a grenade. Well, they always say like McDonald's Sprite is like insane, and it is. It's like extra fizzy. I've had. But it I think they just put ice in it. Isn't that the only change? Like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's all they do know, is man. they put ice in it. They're doing some black magic, and why are we wrap, why are we wrapping back to McDonald's again? This is like the oh true. This is twice. Well, in we're, an we're sponsored. We have to mention it at least five more times. <laughs> if you know, we won't get paid if we don't do that. So, ad read and welcome to McDonald's, <laughs> where you can get the Happy Meal. Ba da ba ba ba. Yeah. Now you've done something to me. Now I really want Sprite. Yeah, uh, I I could go for a, a soda. I haven't had one in probably like three years. I think I'm gonna take a sip of my water bottle. In the meantime, yeah, it's 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 almost as good. I don't know about you, but like fresh water 
is like easily like the best thing you could ever drink. It's just it's so, like just so oh, refreshing. I don't know why it people is. don't like water. Like have you you know yeah, those people, people right? Sleep on water. Like actually, I don't know why I just said that. Nobody sleeps on water. Everybody loves water except for like a very few outliers of society. But, but you know them, right? Like in like high yeah. school, for example. Like I knew like yeah. a couple kids that would be like, oh, I, I don't like water. I don't drink water. Like what? What? Hello. Like I already have enough issues with people who don't like milk, but I get it. You know, you're 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 weak because like you know you can't handle the lactose. Um, but people who don't like water and they drink like I don't know soda or like juice all the time. Natural like, selection should have gotten them. Yeah, I mean you're drinking water. It's just while you're drinking water, you're also drinking like pounds and pounds of sugar. So uh, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't. I <laughs> those people are insane. <laughs> Um, Some people just scare me. Agreed. Uh, I want to talk to you about a hypothetical that I, I was thinking about. Um, okay. And it's, it er, involves motorcycles. Motorcycles. So I have a semi-tangent when we just ask a question first. I'll maybe save it. Okay, good. Love, love tangents. Um, so engine combustion, right? Um, yep. Well, sorry, I should I should rephrase that. En engines are powered by combustion, correct? Correct. Motors are powered by electricity, correct? Is yeah. That, I'm pretty sure that's the like the distinction. Um, but they call it a motorcycle, and yet mo it's a motorcycle, but it has an engine, and it's not powered by electricity. So shouldn't it be called an engine cycle? That's a very good question. And then... Yeah, I actually never thought about it that way. Yeah, a motor is powered by electricity. Yeah, Not I mean... combustion. The, yeah. I don't know. I don't think they were thinking that hard about it, to be honest. But yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, well, then on top of that, I was thinking... Well, yeah, that's just like a kind of a nitpicking thing. But wouldn't it be cool for, like, Tesla to release, a, uh, like, an electric... And then an actual motorcycle, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that would be really cool. I mean, I don't know, like... I mean, I feel like that's kind of, like, like their objective, like, to make, like, driving, like, evolve and be safer is kind of, like, the opposite of what a motorcycle is because inherently they're just more dangerous and, you know, I don't know. But Yeah, that's actually cool. a really good point. I just found something on Stack Exchange of all websites <clears throat> that, like, kind of, I'm not sure if this is the real reason, but this is, could be a good reason. It says, historically, the word engine had the same root as ingenious, and uh, historically the word engine meant ingenious machine, which were not engines in the modern sense. Like we call engines an engine because they run on combustion and gasoline, but back then I guess an engine as we would now call it was just a motor, and we've yeah. adapted the two terms. But that's pretty interesting. That's a really good question that you posed, and now I have learned something. I feel like, I feel like, like I, I almost feel like, like, like there's some like supernatural force like breaking through the fourth wall right now because if Brock was on this podcast, he would be just yelling at me like Jack. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Like yeah. nobody thinks that hard. Just shut up, shut up and read your script. Yeah, like, but like, I think the fact that somehow this was brought up on the day he isn't here is. Yeah. Oh, right, because he, he, he owns motorcycles, right? Yeah, he he has his motorcycle license. He has a motorcycle. Yeah, we should just talk about all the things Brock likes while he's not here. That would be really Well, fun. I'm actually, I'm going to bring something up. Literally just this morning, or I guess afternoon, I went out to lunch with some friends, and the TV in, like, the, the restaurant we went to was, like, playing a motocross race, like, just motorcycles doing jumps and stuff, and it was a race. That's what motocross is. But... Mm -hmm. My friend, want, let me clarify, one of my friends made the m most bold take out of any take I've heard in quite a long time. He said, this is not a sport. We're like, yeah, it's like motocross is a sport. Of course it is. Like, it's a physical activity and, like, it's a motor sport. Sure, it's not a sport in, like, what would you, you, you would think of, like, running or soccer or, like, kickboxing but it's a motorsport. It's still technically like a subclass of sport. And he goes, no, there's no 
like natural skill involved. It's all just like learning to drive. He's like, I could do this. We're like, are you an idiot? Like, <laughs> of course there's a natural skill involved. It's called reaction time. You have to have like reaction time and like a good sense of balance and like timing and know what you're doing. You, you have to flex a lot of muscles when you're like standing up on a bike. You're going over jumps. You have to really tense your body and prepare to like get the impact of jumps. We're like, it's definitely a physical activity. It's definitely a sport. All of us were saying this. And he just would not stop arguing. He's like, no, this is not, it's not a sport. Like, there's no, and then he like kind of twisted his own point from this into a further tangent that unless there's some level of, or sorry, he twisted it into the fact that innate skill does not make you a better athlete, which we were also, was like stupid we were like, we, we made the point that basketball players, a lot of taller people are more predisposed to be basketball players, which I think is objectively true. And he goes, nah, there are people who aren't as tall in the NBA. And we're like, that's not what we're saying. We're saying that generally taller people are better basketball players. Like they can reach the hoop easier. Sure, not everyone has to be seven feet and it's Statistically, the super tall people are pretty bad at shooting. They can just, like, do layups and stuff, but they're not, like, great shooters. Mm-hmm. But he's like, nah, like, it, you, you don't need innate skill. It's all training. Training's the only thing that matters. And we were just, like, <laughs> that's stupid. Yes, training is extremely important, but there is a level of innate skill in every sport. Like, any sport needs hand-eye coordination. Sure, that's something that can be learned, but... Some people are way better at it, you know? Yeah. I've got a question and, for you. Um, does yeah. this kid play a sport? Shockingly, yes. He's very, very athletic. <laughs> what? Because this is something, like, I would see, like, you know, the stereotypical, like, World of Warcraft player that sits in a chair 24-7 would say. Not, like, yeah. someone who actually plays sports. <laughs> what? He's not, like, on a on any, like official teams he just like plays a lot of intramurals like i play with him that's fine intramural sports and it's like bro we're good at the sports it's not yeah but it's i've never played ice hockey before if i went out on the court on the on the rink i would fail at ice hockey because other people are innately better than me at it i don't know yeah i mean like it, it was I, interesting t- yeah topic. my thought process right like for what is a sport because i've thought about this before um, like, I think the definition of sport, um, like, obviously there's been like in the past, like decade, um, I think, uh, a loosening of the definition because before, like nobody would consider a video game to be a sport, but like, I, I would say esports are sports now, right? Cause it, it requires a competitive, you know, environment. You need to train, you need to be good at it. Right. Would, would you agree This kind of goes back to what we were talking about with, with, um, with the motorsports. Sure, it's not a sport in what you're thinking of as a sport. I think it's a subsection of sports. It's a sport without, like, the physical aspect. So, like, eSports, yeah, it's a competition. I wouldn't call it a sport. I think the E is important in that distinction. The okay. same reason motor is important in a motorsport. Okay, so is chess he a was sport? Saying, Absolutely not. Really? Okay. I guess we disagree, then. It's like I, I I'm pretty flexible with my definition. I would say that esports are all sports, uh, you know, and physical sports are too. I I just don't really like. Obviously, right? Yeah, like Counter Strike and basketball is there's a clear difference. One is physical and the other is not. But I think the sport aspect doesn't come from the physicality of it. It comes from just the like the competitive nature, like two teams and like a like there's a winner basically you know you have to and there's like some mm-hmm. skill involved you have to train to be good some people aren't as good you know that kind of thing but mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's always a good question because they're you know it's it's up to personal preference i think where you draw that line but i think for sure motocross and like anything where you're like obviously i can understand like maybe he thinks driving vehicles the vehicle is like helping a lot yeah obviously like if you're riding a bicycle in the motocross event you're probably not going to do as good but like still comparatively like if everyone is on the same vehicle you still need to be like have skill to come out on top so exactly yeah i think that was a a silly take the definition of sports is vague Mm -hmm. 
it's, uh, let us know in the comments uh, if anybody uh, would like to take a position. Um, I'm sure, you know, you can. Yeah, let us know what you think the definition of sports are. Mm -hmm. Our one viewer out there, maybe he has an opinion, or she, or they, or I don't know. I, I always like to just assume we have only one viewer and just talk because it makes it more personal, you know? Mm -hmm. We're talking directly to that person. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it doesn't really make sense if you look at like the podcast demographics because then like this person is 10% woman and like 10% Swedish, I think, from the last time I checked. Um, but, you know, I guess you could be that potentially. Very interesting. Anyway. Um, I've got some uh, websites pulled up. Uh, these are some things I think we... Uh, actually, not all of them, but a couple of them we might have brushed on before. Um, and I think I think we can do a little of each, if you're interested. Does that sound good to Let's you? Let's go for it. Yeah, sure. All right. Um, so first, I think we'll start off with one that you have done before. Um, I think we'll, we'll do five of each. I think that sounds good. So, um, you were here when we did this before, but it's the list of most expensive things by category. Oh boy. Okay. We, we did books. We did, uh, photographs, I think of celebrities. We did domain names and we did films. Watches. Um, yeah, yeah we, oh, we did watches. We did transport infrastructure and we did cars as well. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think this time we're going to do music videos. Um, oh God, I can't believe this is on here, but we'll get to it. Uh, paintings. What the fuck is that? What is what is a philatelic item? I uh, no oh, idea. it's a stamp. Okay, I'll do stamps, I guess. And then uh, photographs. Okay. Actually, you know what? Let's just do all of them because there's not that many more. There's only four other ones. Because these are interesting. I won't go like too long into it, but I think it'll be cool to know. Let's see if we can go quickly through these. So sure. music, music videos. The most expensive music video? Yeah, so let's just go with the top five for each. Does that sound good? Okay. All right. So music videos. You got any things you think are on here for sure? And this is, okay, This to be clarified, this is the most expensive. Um, like to, production. I think production, yeah. I mean, what does the fox say? It definitely has to be up there. Uh, cinematic masterpiece. Uh, literally no film or book or play or movie. Or other music video has ever come close to the cinematography in that music video. So that's got to be on there. No. I'll give you a hint, though. Three <laughs> of them are by the same artist. Uh, like, that's crazy to me. I have no idea. Okay. Um, should I go by nominal or adjusted price? So, like, I guess that's adjusting for inflation. Adjusted. Okay. Um, all right. So number five is the song Estranged by Guns N' Roses. Okay. Uh, I'm guessing I'm, the money all came from pyrotechnics. That's what I'm going to guess. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, adjusted for inflation, this is uh, $8.96 million. Jeez. Uh, all right. So the next three are by the same artist, which is Madonna. Uh, so she has Bedtime huh. Story for uh, $8.50 million. Express Yourself for $10.44 million. And die another day, uh, for eight point seven eight million dollars. Okay, Madonna. We get um, it. You have money. Uh, and and if you notice, these aren't um, in like the correct order of price, but that's because the the nominal price There's is what it's ranked prices. by. But um, yeah. for number one, uh, it's it was released in the year nineteen ninety five. Um, oh, you might you might actually be able to guess this one. Do you have any ideas? I don't know. For some reason, Prince comes to mind, but I don't know. Ooh, you're thinking you're thinking along the right lines. It's actually a Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson song. Oh, Scream. That makes sense. Scream is the name. Uh, uh, and that, that was eleven point eight nine million dollars. Dang, that's insane. All right, next. Uh, I hate that this is on here. But most expensive non fungible tokens. Skip. I'm skipping it. Skip. <laughs> good call. Good call. I yeah. We, I already. This was already in another episode. Maybe even multiple. Actually, but... just read the read the first one. 
the first one. I think you know what it is, probably. It's pretty famous. Is it like the the, the apes? Uh, wait, what did I do? Um, oh, here it is. Uh, oh, it's not the most expensive anymore. Because I, I, I remember, I thought there... I, I know there's, like, at one point, there was one... It was basically this artist took all of his work that he made before and just, like, put it into one giant PNG image and sold it for, like, millions of dollars. I think that was Beeple. Because that's he. It says he's number two. No, um, I'll just tell you the prices, okay? Uh -huh. So number five is uh value. So should I wait? Should I do the total artwork value or the highest sale value? Hmm. Artwork value, because that's what's real. Okay. I don't care how much something. Ninety four point six or point ninety four point seven million dollars is number five. Uh, Damn. eight is number four. 101.0 is number three. 175.6 oh is number gosh. two. And number one is 356.7 million US dollars. Oh my god. For gosh. a bunch of pixels that you can screenshot on your on your own. That's pain. We do not stand NFTs on this podcast. We're NFT haters. True. I saw a post earlier today where it was like uh Trans rights, check. Gay rights, check. And like a bunch of checks. And then all the way at the end, it was like NFT enjoyers rights, X. <laughs> no, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's pretty based. Yeah. That's very true. Um, let's see here. Um, all right, paintings. Most expensive paintings. Mona Lisa uh, has to be number one. Let's see. One, two, three, four. I feel like... There's going to be a Jackson Pollock painting up there. What? This is whack. Wait, am I just blind? Huh. So, Starry Night. Probably. All right, I'll 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 read. I got it's very interesting to me. So just read them. Yeah. Yeah. Number five is the original price in two in a million USD. Uh, so. Uh, number five is, it's called number 17A, which is a Jackson Pollock painting, which I guess makes sense. It's just a bunch of scribbles. Yep. $200 million, roughly. Um, number four is Paul Gauguin. Or Gauguin. Um, it's called Nafiafa Ipoipo, or I think translated, it says, When Will You Marry? Uh, $210 million. Um, number three is The Card Players by Paul Cezanne, and it's uh, over $250 million. Oh, these are, these are the original prices, by the way. Uh, mm -hmm. So, uh, number two is Willem de Kooning's Interchange, and do you know what number one is? Hmm. What was your guess? You got one? The Mona Lisa, Starry Night. And it's, it's weird because it's not. Um, number one is Salvador Mundi, by Leonardo da Vinci, four hundred fifty point three million dollars, and I was I was wondering because I don't I didn't see Mona Lisa anywhere on here. I can see this. I can see. I can kind of make it makes sense. And the, you know why? I, you know why I realized Jesus. it's not on here is because the Mona Lisa was never sold. Oh um, yeah, to a public buyer. Her. I at, at yeah. least as far as I'm aware, which Just is why it's not museum. listed here. Yeah, it's in a museum. Um, so I'm sure like Michelangelo's like Sistine Chapel would also be like ridiculously high, but obviously mm -hmm. you can't sell a ceiling. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. You can in Civ 6. What? It's a, it's a great work of art in Civ 6 and you can trade it. Oh, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, love civilization six. That's a game that maybe some people we are, know. Shout out to we, those people. We are, we are but anyway, anyway uh, next is philatelic items, which I believe is just stamps. Uh, number five uh, is a U.S. stamp uh, for, for and the adjusted price is $5.2 million. Number four is a the um, British... Oh, it's Mauritius. It's a, it's a British colony off the southeast coast of Africa. That's Mauritius, um, so by the way. Mauritius? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, $7.2 million. Um, British Guyana has a... It's Oh, this one I've actually heard about. It's the, the one-cent magenta. is extremely rare. 
um, and like stamp collectors just go crazy for it. And it's ten point four million dollars. Um, oh, apparently I can't count because I skipped number five. But whatever, that's just a random U.S. stamp. Number one is uh, it's from the the Qing Dynasty in China, and it is valued at twenty point five million dollars. And it is a Damn. red revenue block of four and sheet of twenty-five five Candoran large dragon stamps. Oh so, yeah, I see. I'm looking it up. That's you, pretty. That's a nice stamp. That one looks cool. So I, I get why that one's sought after. But honestly, I saw a Tom Scott video about like the super expensive British stamp. Yeah, honestly, like I'm not. In a vault. I'm not like I, I. I get a lot of these, but stamps. I'm not like I, I could care less about stamps. I don't know about you, but. Yeah, stamps are cool. I'm not going to pay more than one cent for them, though. <laughs> true, true. Um, list, list of most expensive photographs. There's five. Um, let's see here. Um, I don't know what any of these are, so I'm going to skip them. Just read. Num it's, yeah. it's you his, can read number one. Number one is uh, Andreas Gursky's Rhine 2. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what any of these are. I'm assuming they're just famous photographs, but like... The one I was looking for. How is this for, the most expensive image ever? Don't get me wrong. Nice, pretty picture of the Rhine River, but I feel like it, I could take this picture of the river. Yeah, that's just I, I could have painted that probably. Um, yep. Yeah, it's four point three million dollars. I'm pretty sure, like when we went over this before, it was like, was it um, was it Rihanna's like baby pictures that were going for like tens of millions of dollars? Yeah, that was crazy. That's way more than these. That's are, that are actual photographs. So that's kind of. A state of America as a whole, I guess. Um, next up is records. Now, this one's interesting. Uh, hmm. Oh, I've heard about this one. This one's crazy. Um, so, have you I heard... Like I the golden record would be the most expensive one, but that's obviously never been sold. Are you, are you familiar with the Once Upon a Time in Shaolin uh, CD from the Wu-Tang Clan? No. So, this has a really cool story behind it. Um, it might say it here. Um, okay, let's see. So, which which only so only one copy of this record was produced, and it was sold um, November twenty fourth, twenty fifteen, for two million dollars. Um, and on December 9th, uh, the identifier was, uh, or it was identified that the buyer was a hedge fund manager, Martin uh, Shkreli, who I think uh, he's kind of famous. Uh, on September tenth, twenty twenty one. So this is recent news. This is why I remember it. The Wu-Tang Clan broke their own record when the United States Department of Justice, which had seized the album from Martin uh, Shkreli as part of a forf forfeiture, uh, sold the album for $4 million to crypto collective Pleaser Dow. So they literally just like, like yeeted it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's literally only the only copy ever made is like of this of the Wu-Tang Clan's album, which is really, really cool to me. That's awesome. Um, yeah, there's some other ones on here. The Beatles, uh, this one doesn't have like a set list because I think a lot of these don't have exact prices. Um, the Beatles, White Album, The Quarrymen, That'll Be the Day, Elvis Presley's My Happiness, Frank Wilson, Do I Love You, again, The Beatles. A lot, a lot of Beatles ones are famous, that makes sense. Um, three more categories. We've got sculptures. Um, let's see here. What are these? <laughs> What on earth? Okay, so the top five, um, they don't really have names, I guess, for the most part. Um, and nor do I know who these people are. The only one that has a picture is number four. That's just a metal rabbit that apparently sold for $92.2 million. And it looks like the freaking Apple iPhone dog that you used to hook up your <coughs> iPod Touch to and make it dance. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, the top three are by Alberto Giacometti, um, that were like sold for over hundreds of millions of dollars. So, cool. I would I would have expected like uh, you know like Statue of David or whatever like yeah, all the famous I was ones. Say, I feel but like I think David again those are kind of the piece of thing where those aren't actually sold. So I guess that's probably yeah, why they're true. There. Um, sports cards. Now this one's cool. You got any predictions for top like highest uh, price? Babe Ruth has to be on there, right? Um, that's all I can think of. Other than that, I Babe Ruth that. is on here, but he's not anywhere near the top. Surprisingly enough. Hmm. Uh, so I'll give you the top five. 
One, two, three, four, five. Wait a minute. Oh, God. Okay. So, LeBron... Wow, this is weird. Actually, I'm going to do top 10 because a lot of these are, are kind of funky. So, number 10, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I don't know how to say that correctly, but it's a Greek professional base, uh, basketball player for the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, uh, Kobe Bryant is number 9. Uh, mm -hmm. Tom Brady is number 8. LeBron James is number 7. Mike Trout is number 6. Uh, Luka Doncic uh, is a Slovenian basketball player. Uh, LeBron James again at number 4. Mickey Mantle is number 3. I've heard that was a really rare I can one. see that. Yeah. Um, number 2 is weird. It's All it says is Pikachu Illustrator. So I, it's, it's, it, it considers, like, I think it's a the Pokemon card, like the rarest Pikachu or whatever. Um, as mm -hmm. it's listed with the sports cards, and that's that's number at two. A Pikachu Illustrator card. Yeah, it's just Pikachu with a paintbrush. Yeah, it's in Japanese. I see here. Yeah, it was probably only released in Japan. Uh, but on, on the notes it says purchased by Logan Paul from renowned collector Dubsy in Dubai. The sale is certified by Guinness World Records as the most expensive Pokemon trading card sold at a private sale, uh, and that sold yeah. for five point two seven five million dollars. Oh, my gosh. Uh, number one is Onus Wagner, a German-American baseball huh. shortstop player who played 21 seasons in the MLB. Uh, and that sold for $6.6 .6 million. Dang. All right, last one. Maybe we'll have more uh, knowledge about this category than most, but it's video games cost to develop. Um Oh, to develop. That's a very different statistic. I th Red Dead was pretty expensive, I'm pretty sure, right? Uh, let's see. Um, development costs. All right, so that's what it's going by, it looks like. They're kind of not really in a good order. I'll go for top 10 here because they're not really giving me any numbers that are, like, useful. Uh, number 10 is Shenmue, which I thought was, like, a meme game. But I think when at the yeah, time when it came too. out, it was, like, actually, like, Pretty like Insane nobody had made graphics. 3D stuff like that before. Mm -hmm. um, GTA 4 is number nine. Uh, Dead Space 2 is number eight. Shadow of the Tomb Raider from 2018 apparently is number seven. Really? Yeah. I feel like Shadow of the Colossus might be on here. Yeah, I would have thought uh, it might be later, but um, Destiny number six. Um, that's kind of okay. interesting. I wonder if they can, cause that's still updated, I think, or they have yeah, like Destiny. Count, yeah, yeah. I wonder if they count the updates and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Halo number two is number five. Halo two. Um, I, yeah. Halo game. Not surprised. Final fantasy seven is number four. Call of duty. Modern warfare two. I played that one. That's number three. Ooh. Okay. Do you have any guess? Is there any game that you know, you like the number one game you think would be the highest cost of production that would be on here? Because this this is number um, two for me. Wait, so we're on number two or one? It's number two, but this is the one I thought I would have thought was number one. I don't know if you'll know what number one is because I don't. Uh honestly, I have no idea. Okay, well, it's Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Oh, I can't. That makes sense. And, and that's that's that, rough. It was still trash. That is rough. That it's a number two cost to produce of all time, and it was one of like the worst received games of all time. So that is, that's yeah. really rough. Uh, number one is apparently not out yet, um, and it's called Star really? Citizen. It's an in development multiplayer space trading and oh, combat simulation this. game. The game is being developed and published by Cloud Imperium Games for Microsoft Windows. You've heard about this? I've heard of it. Like, I don't know anything about it. I've just heard of it. That's kind of crazy. It's apparently over $339 million to produce. Uh, in in perspective, Cyberpunk, which is number two, is $174 million. And Star Citizen has not even released yet, which is wacky. That's insane. Yeah, so it's not even done. Let me see when this started production, because that's even crazier. It started in 2011. Pre-production was 2010. Uh, oh, and my it, gosh. It got a... 2012 Kickstarter campaign, which drew over two million dollars. Man, man, that that game that game better be crazy when it comes out. Yeah. Um, that much money? Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. So we got the other, we got all the expensive stuff out of the way. Now, uh, I don't know if you remember, but in a, a lot of the episodes, me and Brock would go through a, a Reddit post that had some of the weirdest historical events ever. Oh yes, I remember this Reddit post. All right. 
we'll go like, through five of these. these. I think so that would be cool. I still think about the HMS Trafalgar sometimes in Carmania. Yeah. I think that was just such an awesome story. Yeah, they're awesome stories. Um, we're getting towards the bottom now, so I don't know how many good ones there are left, but I'll read the, the, the five, I guess. Um, so it says, during a Viking raid in Luna in 859 um, AD, I'm assuming, uh, the siege yeah, was I'm led sorry. by Bjorn Ironside and Haitian. Uh, Haitian died, but before that, he converted to Christianity because he wanted to be buried in Luna. Uh, 100 unarmed men went inside to deliver the body. Haitian jumped out of the coffin, and his men took the weapons inside the coffin and sacked the city. <laughs> oh my god. That seems a little unfair, frankly. <laughs> He's like, you thought I was dead, but I was not. The bad guys were like, you know what? You're right. We'll give you the honor of dying and being buried here. And he was like, get pranked. I'm just throwing you this. <laughs> that seems a little unfair. That's so crazy. Poo-poo to you. Uh, but apparently they failed. So it says they failed successfully because they thought they were attacking Rome and not Luna. But uh, they, they did Bruh. it anyway. All right. Next one. Uh, the Emu Wars, obviously. I mean, everyone kind of knows about that. Where, like, Australia yep. literally fought a war against the Emus and lost. Um, because they were using too many bullets and it was costly. <laughs> yep. All right. <laughs> the next one. Napoleon getting attacked by a horde of rabbits. Um, so, basically, the story goes that a rabbit hunt was set up to celebrate the treaties of Tilsit. Uh, and they ended up amassing somewhere between hundreds and thousands of rabbits. Accounts vary. Uh, the day of the hunt, they set the rabbits in cages surrounding the area that they would be hunting in. They released them once everyone was set, but instead of being scared, the bunnies swarmed the hunting party. <laughs> Bruh, At first, they thought like it Monty was. Python. Yeah, really. Uh, the killer bunny of Carbonog. Uh, at the at first they thought it was funny, but then it got overwhelming, and Napoleon and others had to flee from the bunnies in a coach. That's Dang. pretty funny. I like Imagine that. losing to bunnies. Yeah, emus, bunnies, animals are forces of nature, man. You can't mess with them, especially That's not true. in bulk. All right. In World War II, British commandos filled the ship with explosives, tried to sail incognito into Germany's largest dry dock but was discovered and fired upon by all the shore batteries, and the ship started getting hit again and again, and any single hit could detonate the explosives. They somehow managed to sail the ship at full speed straight into the gate of the dry dock, propelling the ship halfway out of the water and getting it stuck on the gate, making it impossible to tow away. A small task force then attacked the dock facilities before retreating back, but sadly the ship didn't explode as the timer had failed. So they were trying Bruh. to just blow up an entire dock by like suicide bombing with a boat. And they got stuck. <laughs> like, they dodged every and single bullet. And they didn't even bullet. explode. Yeah. Well, not yet. That's not the end of the story. It might. Uh, the next day, a bunch of German officers and officials came to examine the British ship. Meanwhile, half a mile away, captured commandos were being tortured for information. To them, their mission had failed, and now they were facing some brutal treatment. The hundreds... Or, sorry, the explosives on the ship suddenly detonated. The explosion was massive. It destroyed the dock. Hundreds of soldiers that were sent to secure the dock and killed all the German officers and officials that had come to inspect it. So those being tortured heard the explosion and got to have the last laugh. So they ended up killing more people because, like, the Germans came to check out, like, the failure the next day. Oh, so, my God. Uh, I, so and I guess someone, it was a victory in the end for them. Yeah. Yeah, and... This uh, is World guy, War Two or One. you said? This is World War Two. yeah. So you, it's Nazis. You just killed Nazis. Where was the... Where was this? Uh, it doesn't say, but the, the person who posted this said that he always wondered why it was never made into a film, since there's so many twists and turns. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't say that's exactly. It's pretty, pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and the last one. Um, oh, wait. There we go. Uh, ex-Nazi and cult leader, pedophile Paul Schaefer, was so obsessed with having the children of his compound, Colonia Dignidad, um, love him and only him that he took, or sorry, he once took all of the children of the compound to a river where he had someone dressed as Santa Claus floating on a raft. He then shot and killed Santa in front of all the children and told them all that Santa's dead. The only holiday we ever need to celebrate here is my birthday. Oh my god. <laughs> that is insane. <laughs> That's horrifying. Oh my god. Was he, did he, you said he was like a, like a Kidnapper, right? You said uh, Nazi pedophile. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Mm. Bro, that's insane. Those kids, I hope they made it out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely a rough childhood. Alright, and the last one is the only one that the, the one the th one of the three Wikipedia things that we haven't went on before, and I think this one's interesting to me. Um, if you if you'd like to go through it, is the Wikipedia multilingual presidents of the United States and which languages they know. Hmm. Are you interested? Sure. All right. Um. So I'll I'll just say the name of the uh, the president, and you have to tell me which languages you think they might have spoken. So, um, how about John Adams? Well, these are, these are all multilingual, by the way. So, obviously, they know English, but... Yeah, I feel like most of the beginning presidents, it's almost always just going to be French. Um, right? So it's got to be just French. It's not... It is French, you're right. It's not just French, though. So, it says he learned to read Latin at a young age, and... He uh, oh, attended school for Latin, and he also learned French while posted in France during the Revolutionary War. Got you. Yeah, I'm thinking France for a lot of them, because, just because like France was our ally in yeah. like the Revolutionary War, so I feel like most of them probably had it. But Latin, that's a good one, too. Thomas Jefferson is up next. You got any guesses? French? Is it just French, you think? Or what? Uh, um, French, probably Latin again. Mm -hmm. That might be it. All right, well, I think... Thomas, Thomas Jefferson might actually know the most languages out of any president. Um, it says he spoke and read multiple languages, which included French. Uh, according to notes he made while traveling, he was able to speak French, Latin, and Italian. Uh, he claimed to be able to read uh, all of these languages. In addition, um, he also claimed to read Greek and Spanish. Uh, he studied Old English and German to some extent. Um, and a bunch Dang. of other books and dictionaries, grammar manuals in his office after his death, suggested that he studied Arabic, Irish, and Welsh. Uh, his proficiency in these languages was not known. That's still kind of baller. This man really was a worldly guy, apparently. Yeah, that's actually like a pretty good, like, that was like 10 languages or something. It's that's a huge crazy. haul, yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently, Jefferson told John Quincy Adams that he had learned the language uh, over the course of 19 days while sailing from United States to France. Um... I think, I think he's talking about Spanish here, because it says he, he borrowed a copy of Don Quixote from a friend and read it on the voyage. Dang. Um, but uh, Adams was doubtful, because he said Jefferson tended to tell large stories um, and exaggerate things. Uh, yeah, James I was Madison. also thinking about that, because like they might just be embellishing. They're the president, they just want to sound cool. Oh, yeah, 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 for who sure. Knows? Knows? <laughs> Actually, a little tangent. Did you see that video that Kim Jong-un put out like a, a week or two ago? No. Oh my god, it's so funny. He he basically, he had like his government guys put together a video to make him look like badass. And he wears this, he wears like sunglasses and like a black leather jacket. He looks like a, like, he looks like a greaser, but like actually greasy, you know, because he's like chubby. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And like his, his hair, like, has like, it's all like pushed back. It looks, it's, it's insane. And everything is shot in like slow motion too with, like, music in the background, and he's just, like, walking in front of his, like, missiles and stuff and, like, his army. It's crazy. Bruh. I'll have to look at that later. Yeah. Um, James Madison um, was Latin, Greek, French, um, uh, and he also knew Hebrew, apparently. Uh, hmm. I'm just going to run through these because, you know, they're all kind of... I just kind of want to know what they know. Um, James, Ma mm -hmm. James Monroe, James Monroe uh, knew French. Uh, John Quincy Adams knew Dutch, um, Italian, Russian, and Greek to some extent. Damn. Martin Van Buren was the only president uh, who did not have English as his first language. Uh, he huh. spoke he spoke Dutch as I mean, his first language. He does have language. Van in his middle name, or yeah. like, that's part of his last name, so definitely not English. Yeah, he spoke Dutch as his Dutch. first language, uh, English was his second language, and he learned a little bit of Latin. Uh, William Henry Harrison uh, spent a considerable amount of time, considerable amount of time learning Latin. Um, he also learned a small amount of French. John Tyler uh, learned Latin and Greek. James Polk, um, uh, he learned a little bit of Greek and Latin. James Buchanan, uh, Latin and Greek. 
uh, Latin and Greek again for Rutherford B. Hayes. James A. Garfield, Latin and Greek also. Um, but he also campaigned in English and German, which he is the first American president to campaign in two languages. And he yeah, was also cool. ambidextrous, apparently. Uh, not related to language, but that's also cool. Yeah, James Garfield has a lot going for him, despite... Yeah. And he was also the only one... Or was it Grover Cleveland? That um, had two... He had, like, two terms separated by another person. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, I do know he's most known for coming up with a funny orange cat, though. Which is it was Grover cool. Cleveland. It was Grover Cleveland. Oh, Grover, but, yeah. Grover, Ke- Grover Cleveland cat. came up with Garfield? That's crazy. You would have <laughs> thought it was Garfield. Anyway. Um, Chester A. Arthur... Uh, also Latin and Greek. Honestly, I've never even heard of that guy. <laughs> so <laughs> apparently he's a president. Uh, all right, 20th century presidents. Theodore Roosevelt. Um, German, uh, French. Uh, what else we got here? I think a little bit of Latin, Greek, and Dutch. Woodrow Wilson uh, has German. Herbert Hoover. Uh, oh, this is interesting. Whoa, yeah. Wait, I'm reading so, the wiki now with you. So, so it says, Translated uh, a book from Latin to English. Yeah, That's it says... pretty cool. It says he... Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so he, he knows Latin, and he also knows Mandarin. He speaks Mandarin Chinese because he lived in China uh, for about a year. Dang, that's pretty uh, cool. But he, but he says he never learned more than 100 words. Uh, but he would talk in Mandarin to keep private conversations from the press or guests. Huh. That's pretty funny. Uh, Frank, Franklin Delano Roosevelt was German and French. Um, um, he spoke them both, but he also spoke them with a distinct New England accent at a boy. That's really funny. And he also knew a little <laughs> bit of Latin. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Like, can you imagine just, like, speaking a foreign language but having, like, just a, a very American accent? I'm sure that happens a lot, but, like, yeah, just, like, to, to the extent, like, I'm imagining, that would be hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Carter. Uh, he has a functional uh, knowledge of Spanish, but he's uh, apparently Never not grammatically perfect. perfect. Uh, anything else? I think it's just Spanish for him. No. Bill Clinton chose German in college. German, all right. Georgetown. Um, he also speaks uh, the language of love, apparently, uh, based on his presidency. Mm, that's very true. <laughs> anyway, uh, Spanish for George W. Bush as well. Um, yep. Barack Obama. All right, we're getting close to modern day now. Uh, he lived in Jakarta, Indonesia, so... Uh, he attended Indonesian language schools, uh, so he knew in- Indonesian. Um, even though, but he did he te- he doesn't claim to know any foreign languages. Uh, but I'm pretty sure he, he might have just known that as a child, I guess. Um, and that's all that's listed here. Uh, I don't know about Trump or Biden, but you know it's probably best we leave it there because anything after Obama just becomes uh, overtly political. So. Uh, yep. Uh, any last well, comments like today, idea. Ethan? I think we had a great episode without Brock. Yeah, not not because of his absence, but you know, just maybe a coincidence. I don't in know. light of his absence, you could connect yes. some strings, perhaps. But yeah, yeah, this was a good episode, and I hope to see you again next week. All right, take care, everybody. Uh, I'm going to do the thing now. Uh, three, two, one. Goodbye.